Hi guys, my name is Lauren Curtis. I've been on social media since 2011 and since then I've grown a following of over 7 million people across my platforms and I have learned a lot along the way. The Mental Makeover podcast shares real, very honest advice on all things happiness, body image, self-love, relationships, spirituality and reaching your goals. Hey guys, I have a cold. I just wanted to preface this episode by saying that if my voice sounds a little bit strange, that is why. I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about this week and normally when I do these episodes, they're inspired by something and it's kind of like a spur of the moment decision. In general, I'm not a huge planner when it comes to social media. I just do what feels right in the moment. So I didn't necessarily have any idea what this video was going to be about until a few hours before I recorded it and... I think I'm going to start a series on this podcast, which is literally just like chats, just good old casual relaxing chats, no rants or trying to get a message across or anything like that, just chatting about stuff that I've been thinking about because I like to do those on my YouTube channel and I thought it would make sense to do some here. Today's topic is about aging and I don't mean physically because I don't feel like I'm at a point, I'm only 26, uh, I don't feel like I can really talk about aging just yet in that respect physically. I mean I have to do some changes but yeah maybe I'll wait until I'm a little bit older to have that conversation but aging internally and I know, again, I'm still young, but I feel like around 25, perhaps, maybe 25, yeah, it was like a flip switch in my brain and I had no control over it. I like to think I've worked hard at overcoming a lot of like uh, insecurities or, I don't know, weaknesses. And that's why I've gotten to the place that I am in regards to those specific things. But for this, it was like I didn't do anything except get older. That's all I can put it down to, but it's been liberating. I feel like I use that word a lot on this podcast, but it truly is liberating. And what got me thinking about this was I've noticed that I wear makeup way less than I used to. And some people would think, well, that's not good because you started your whole social media journey career based on makeup. You probably shouldn't stop wearing it now. But I mean, like, when I wear it, I still go all out and I love that process. But a couple of years ago when I was younger, makeup for me was almost a necessity. Like, I couldn't be seen without it. Same thing with fake tanning. Fake tanning to me now is something that I do because it makes me feel good, but I don't need it like I used to. Before, it was almost like I was embarrassed to be seen without it because people would see me for who I truly am or how I truly looked and that was less than what they were used to seeing me as um, and same thing with with makeup it's like I needed full coverage I needed full glam I needed the fanciest outfits I needed to be dressed up at all times I needed tan skin I needed it all because otherwise yeah I was less than my my usual self that everyone was used to seeing and it wasn't like, that's what I mean when I say it was like, it almost feels like an overnight thing because I have no recollection of when it actually changed, but it must have been so gradual that I didn't even realize it was happening because when I think about where I am now, it's like, I just don't care. And that's in a nutshell what getting older for me has been. I just don't care, which sounds bad, 
but it's great. And I'm sure if you're in a similar position, you get what I mean. So, for example, if I was at Sydney Airport, which is a very busy place, a couple of years ago, there is no way in hell I would not be seen with makeup. I couldn't even fathom the thought of not wearing makeup in a busy place like that. Nowadays, I don't care. I roll out of bed, get dressed, have a shower. I don't even bother with anything <laughs> and I'm out the door because why do I care? Why does, like, what is wrong with how I naturally look? This is what I look like. And it's not like no one's ever seen me without makeup or it's not like I should be ashamed of how I naturally look or I've got anything to hide or anything like that. But before, my insecurities clouded that so much that it was just not a possibility. Whereas now, I just think about it, like, I go to the shops and I don't even think twice about not wearing makeup. And I know for some people, this is something that is very easy for them already. And it hasn't even been like a conscious decision to not wear makeup. It's just like, it's easy. And that's how it's always been for them. But for someone like me, and I know there'll be many people out there that were in a similar position to me or are still in that position. It's like you need it and your value or your worth or your confidence relies solely on that in those kinds of situations, those like social situations, or when you're outside of your house, you need that like that uniform almost, like that mask, that security blanket that allows you to be your normal self. And if you don't have that, you're like exposed or you're vulnerable or yeah, it's just something that makes you feel safe. And the more I think about it now that I'm talking to you about it, it's kind of all coming back to me. It's like a counseling session. <laughs> Um, yeah, before I used to, I think I started by not wearing foundation because realistically, all I really cared about was my eyebrows and my mascara because without those things, that's what made me look the most like me. I could get away with not wearing foundation. That was fine. So I think I culled foundation first and then I got my eyebrows tattooed so I could cull that because now they were like stuck on my face. (laughs) Now I could roll out of bed and I had eyebrows. Perfect. Tick. And then it must have been mascara was the last thing that I struggled with getting rid of because, and I'm still on the fence with that one. It's strange. In certain situations where people see me regularly, I feel like I always wear mascara. And I think that is still an insecurity thing because it's like, I don't want them to think, oh, Lauren looks weird or sick or unwell today. But then in other situations where I'm seen by like a million more people or people that I don't know at all, I don't, I couldn't care less about wearing mascara, and I don't really these days, um, which is crazy. That was the one thing I always needed was mascara. And as I said, I'm still like, I'm like 75% there. I've still got that 25% to go. Not that I need to completely stop wearing mascara altogether, otherwise I don't love myself. But I mean, yeah, I think a 75% improvement is pretty damn good. So yeah, the more I think about it, it has been gradual process but maybe that's why it's been so good because it's just been like dipping my toes in and then I had an event recently and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into I thought it would be like a cocktail event where there's like I don't know 20-30 people there it was out of my city so I flew to this place to have to go to the event and when I got there It was like full of people that were like, oh gosh, I'm not sure. I'm going to assume like 18 to 
22, I feel like, was the main age. Of course, there were some younger and some older or my age, or maybe even older than me. And again, I'm 26. Um, but really, like, that kind of pivotal, like, social media <laughs> age, around 18 to 22, full of, like, basically all of the, like, coolest, trendiest, prettiest influences, they were at this event. Men and women, people that were on, like, TV, reality TV, people... Like, Love Island, apparently. I haven't watched that, but I was told. There was Love Island people there. The Bachelor, and then, yeah, just influences. And let me tell you, if I was at that event when I was 21 or 18 or any... Basically, yeah, between 18 and 22, maybe even 23, that would not have been a fun time. I would have spent the entire time looking around, comparing myself, thinking my outfit wasn't as cool, my makeup's not as nice, I'm not as pretty... And I mean, don't get me wrong, I did a lot of work on my self-confidence at that age, but there are certain situations that really put you to the limit, push you to the limit, I mean, and like test your confidence. It's one thing to say you're confident in like most situations, but to throw yourself into a situation that's like your insecurities times 10, like concentrated. <laughs> um, yeah, bit of a different situation, <laughs> different story. I had been to many events when I was younger and just... As fun as it was, I spent more time worrying about my appearance and my social status and what I could offer and how smooth or cool or outgoing I was than I did about the actual event. So when I tell you that I went to this event and I could not even care 1%, I did not even, I honestly, I had some friends there, I spent the entire night with them, I saw all these people that I saw myself in, if that makes sense, when I was that age. Like, I, I saw their nervousness and how they were all putting on, like, resting bitch faces and, like, everyone looked so serious and so was, like, sticking to their own little groups and I feel like everyone was just intimidated by everyone and you could read it on their faces because what, what, what happens when you put a group of very attractive people together in one room? Like, it's intimidating because everyone's going to be comparing themselves and... That's not like me being a pessimist or anything like that. That's just like real life. And I think we all know um, how that works, unfortunately. Of course, I could be completely misreading the situation, but I strongly doubt that. Anyway, so it was just awesome. I can't tell you what it felt like. Oh, I was just looking around and smiling like I genuinely was not bothered from the deepest part of my soul, was not bothered by one person one little bit. There were people that were dressed way nicer or had better makeup or this or that, I don't know. But I didn't care because I was happy with my outfit, I was happy with the way I looked, I had great company around me, I had so much fun with the girls that I was with, and it was just a chill night. I mean, actually, no, it wasn't chill, it was very intense, but for me it was chill because I made it chill. And it was that point that I was like, whoa, I don't realize, I, ne I never saw this change coming. I never saw the shift coming, but it definitely did. And it's just been great. And I can only put it down to getting older. This episode will probably be a lot of me talking about myself. So I hope you don't mind, but I'm hoping you can relate to what I'm saying. I've also noticed that I have less tolerance for people. And I know that, again, sounds kind of negative, like, I, <laughs> like I'm like i just a really cold, heartless person. But, um, no, I mean, like, before I used to make 
I used to entertain people's bad attitudes and their bad manners and their bad habits and their just bad traits because I didn't want them to feel bad about themselves or uncomfortable. I'm that person that will laugh at jokes that aren't funny just because I want someone to feel heard and I don't want them to feel embarrassed. Obviously, I'm not going to laugh at jokes that are rude or racist or sexist or homophobic or anything like that, but laugh at jokes that are innocent. Or if people say something and everyone ignores them, I'll be the person that asks them what they said because I am very aware of that myself. If someone ignores me or if something falls flat or if I say something and no one listens, it makes you feel like crap. And my biggest thing, you can ask Reese, <laughs> I've said it many times, is listening. That is my biggest thing. If I don't feel like you're listening to me, then I'm uninterested in spending more time with you because the number one thing I hate is when I'm talking to someone and they're on their phone because I would never do that. Even if I got a text or a phone call, unless it was a really important phone call, I would put my phone on silent, put it face down and listen to that person talking. P.S. Sorry if my voice is breaking. Um, anyway, I got sidetracked. So I still do that. I still make sure that people are comfortable in my presence and they feel heard. But for the people that, like, especially in business, I think, now that I've got my own business aside from YouTube, I don't, if someone doesn't do something right or doesn't apologize for doing something wrong or doesn't show me the respect that I would show them or the common courtesy that I would show them, I don't ignore that. I am assertive, and I'm a very, very, very assertive person in the first place, but more so now than I was before, because I think before I was scared of people thinking that I was rude, or, you know, Lauren Curtis is really rude, or this or that, because it's true, people do that. I've read many things about other influences that aren't even true. If you have one bad, if one person has one bad experience with someone online, they shout it from the rooftops, and then this person gets a bad reputation for being rude or bratty or bitchy or whatever and that was always a huge fear of mine but now I've actually realized that if someone does that that's a reflection on them and that sucks for them that they feel the need to do that but I'm not going to make excuses for people when they don't deserve them when they wouldn't make that same excuse for me if that makes sense if it means that someone has a negative thought about me because of it well that's a shame but I wouldn't be in that situation had they not been rude or unkind or inconsiderate to me in the first place, if that makes sense. I'm also learning not to apologize for things that don't actually need an apology or deserve an apology. I feel like as women, we're really, really bad at that. We apologize for everything, even though we didn't, didn't do anything wrong. And oh, I, I don't know what it is about about the word sorry that makes us feel more comfortable or it's like we're so scared of I don't oh, I don't even know what it is I saw <laughs> so weird I saw a little animation video thing about Barbie no it was Barbie saying it actually it was like a little video for kids and I was like whoa <laughs> that really got me <laughs> thanks Barbie <laughs> thanks for looking out for me uh no it was just her saying that we need to stop apologizing for everything I don't know if you can find it yourself. Maybe you have to like Google Barbie apology or Barbie saying sorry video or something like that. But it really hit home. Who would have known that Barbie would still be teaching me lessons 10, 20 years on? Anyway, but yeah, why do we apologize for things when we didn't even do anything wrong? 
I think it's we're just trying so hard to be polite and don't want to be seen as like too too in your face or too rude or too yeah it, it's just about being seen as like too much or doing too much or offending people or being too loud or too like dominant or too this just we just it's like when we apologize we just hide ourselves in a corner and keep ourselves small because that way we're not making too much of a scene and we're not like threatening other people's confidence and I don't know it's kind of gross but I've made more of an effort to not apologize for things anymore either because that belittles me I'm like belittling myself of course if I actually did something wrong I'm the first person to apologize but when I don't need to that's when I'm trying to like reel it in a little bit I've also noticed that as I get older I tend to say no to things more often and I'm making myself sound like a big grumpy old woman (laughs) hey maybe I am (laughs) no I'm not but yeah I just don't say yes to things that I don't want to say yes to I I don't feel obligated to do things anymore. I don't feel obligated to go to things or attend things that I don't actually want to go to. It's about putting myself first. And that sounds selfish, but it's not because everyone else puts themselves first. And if they don't put themselves first, then they should be putting themselves first. Same thing with mothers. And like, you know, you'd always want to put your, your, your child first, but if you're not putting yourself first, you're not giving your child the best possible mother or father that they could be having. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. And that's what my new thing is. If I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Unless it means something to someone that is close to me that I truly value and appreciate, that's different because that's a different level. That's not just me, you know, feeling obligated to go to something. That's me, like, nourishing a friendship or taking care of a friendship or, you know, showing that I care about someone. But if it's just a case of being asked to do something... And knowing in my gut that I don't want to do it, but not wanting to be seen a certain way or be seen as like, you know, again, rude or, you know, like I'm, I have, God, I don't know, seen in any kind of negative light, um, then I'm not going to go because that's a waste of my time and energy. And my time and energy is precious and I'd rather spend it with the people that are close to me that deserve my time and energy because that's what fills me up, that's what makes me happy and that's what life is all about. All of this just comes down to like valuing my time and myself and what I bring to the table more and knowing my worth, knowing my value, knowing what makes me happy and prioritizing that. When before I feel like I would prioritize other people and other people's expectations of me more than my own feelings about myself or my happiness. And that's really dangerous if you continuously do that. It's fine every now and then. I think we all have to do that. We don't have to do that, but I think we're all in a position where sometimes we do that and it's fine and it gets a goal achieved or whatever. It is what it is, but for the most part, it's no way to live because you can't sustain that kind of lifestyle. I guess it's just a combination of caring less about things that aren't worth caring about and caring more about the things that are worth caring about. When I was younger, I used to think that everything was important. Everything was worthy of my energy. Everything was a direct threat to me or my confidence. Everything was just like scarier almost. There was so much more at stake when I was younger. That's how I thought anyway. But I think with age, I've realized that that's so not true and Everything is only as important as you 
make it or how much importance you place on them. If something's important to you, you'll place importance on it and you'll value it and you'll spend time and energy on it. But if you don't think it's important, then you won't spend your time and energy on it. And so it doesn't affect you. And I feel like when I was younger, I didn't have a clear distinction between what wasn't important and what was. And so everything took my energy. Everything affected me really easily. I was more sensitive. I was more insecure. Whereas now there's a clearer distinction between the two and it's more black and white. And I just don't have the patience for things that don't improve my life or my happiness or serve me. And I've also changed the way I view that sentence because as I say it, my immediate thought is, wow, I sound really selfish and self-indulged and self-absorbed, but it's not like that. It's taking care of myself and knowing that I have value and that my self-worth and self-confidence and self-esteem is important and deserves attention and nourishment. And if I don't give that to myself, then I'm not the best version of myself and I can't make other people feel better and I can't be a good daughter or a good friend or a good girlfriend. So it's just about valuing myself more than I used to and realizing that most of the things I used to care about really weren't important and weren't worthy of my focus or my stress or my sadness or my energy. And it's been a really nice change. It's been amazing and I welcome it very much. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode. Thank you for listening and thank you all so much for all of your reviews so far. I never actually realized until recently that I have way more reviews than I even realized that I had, but it's because you only actually see the reviews from the people that are living in your country, I think, or something like that, because I think I've got over 800 total reviews, but I can only see 400, and it wasn't until I went on this different website and saw that, that I was like, holy moly, this is insanity. And the fact that you all took the time out of your day to write them is so incredibly selfless and so appreciated. And I honestly thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you are so amazing. Thank you all so much. Even just for listening to this podcast and for sending me your messages and saying you enjoyed it or you shared it or whatever. Um, or even if you never contact me ever, just thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I sincerely appreciate it. This has been an amazing outlet and platform for me. And it sounds like I'm crying, but I'm not because it's just my voice cracking. Like I'm doing an acceptance speech for an award or something. Anyway, I don't want to ramble too much about that. But thank you so much. I just never want you to forget that I am so eternally grateful for all your support. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Hopefully next time you are listening to my voice, it does not sound like I am a prepubescent slash pubescent boy (laughs) and it is back to normal. But anyway, thanks guys. I love you all so much and I'll speak to you all next time. Bye. Bye.